So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Super excited you're with me today. I hope you're in a place where you can write down some notes. You can really go deep with me on this session. You may listen to this three or four times because right now there's a lot of uncertainty. We want to create even more certainty for you and your goals in your business for 2023 all the way out to 2033. Now, before we jump into that, I want to remind you, if you're one of my coaching members, thank you for being a part of our ecosystem, that you want to make sure you get signed up for whattosay.ai. Whattosay.ai, it's this incredible productivity tool that we have access and we're making available only for our clients until the end of the year, where you can learn exactly what to say to clients in their buying modality. That means you're speaking directly into how they make decisions. So if you've not gone there, go to tomferry.com, click on what to say.ai and check it out, get registered. And if you're a friend and you're not one of our members yet, we're making it exclusive for our members until the end of the year. And then we're going to unleash it on the industry to make you even more productive. Now, with that said, let's set some goals and do some coaching. I had the good fortune of being with about 700 agents in Phoenix, Arizona last week. Uh, it was an incredible event. They came from all over the world. We had them in Mexico, all over the US. Uh, we had a bunch of great agents from the you know country of Canada, from uh, Montreal, Quebec, from Toronto, from Vancouver. And with that said, they all came with the same purpose. How do I generate more certainty in my business regardless of what's happening in the news and inflation and the economy and everything else? So I started the event by asking him this question. How long do you plan to be in the business? So, you know, while you're just listening to me, say it out loud. How long do you plan to be in the business? You know, did you get in thinking I'm going to go in, sell a couple houses, and then, you know, when the market turns, I'm going to bail on this and go do something else? Most of the people, I ask them for a minimum of a 10-year commitment. The reason why my stepmother, who I refer to as mom also, uh, Pua, Pua said to me, Thomas, when your dad and I started the Mike Ferry organization 400 years ago, we both looked at each other and said, every business takes 10 years, takes 10 years to really do something special. So I have been a fan of this sort of 10 year journey. Now, finishing, by the way, my second 10 year in this business. And I can tell you, when you give yourself a decade to accomplish something great, two things happen. First, you go through some market cycles and it has less emotion, if you will, because you know it's just a market cycle and that's what happens during a decade. But you also, when you give yourself a decade, you get to sort of metaphorically stack a lot of bricks up in your business, better people, better sales and marketing, better processes, more SOPs, better use of the software, better finances. You get time to stack this up and build your castle. So the first question I asked is how long do you plan to be in the business? And part of that was, to also then reflect on the second thing I said to everybody, which was, you know, nearly 50% of the agents in the, in the business today have been in the business really since 2010. So they've only been a part of, maybe you, only been a part of an ascending real estate market. And even though we can look back at that time and acknowledge that the builders couldn't or didn't build enough and that we were, you know, four to five million, 
four to five million units behind, we still had decent interest rates and a lot of demand as we were coming out of that global financial meltdown into what we see today, this, this 12 year run that really got put on steroids during the pandemic. Well, I love the great line from Mike Tyson and I've shared it with the audience. I said, you know, everybody's got a great plan until you get punched in the mouth. Well, there's no doubt a lot of us got punched in the mouth during the pandemic. Now, it wasn't a knockout punch because many people had their greatest real estate years during the pandemic, low interest rates, incredible buyer demand, people, you know, buying more, doing more, acting more. And was it hard? Yes. Was it challenging? No doubt. Selling homes in hazmat suits. Remember, remember one person at a time during open houses? It was challenging. But you, you know, you've heard me say it before, choose your hard. All of that said, now we're looking at a very normal real estate market. Transaction count down 20, 25, maybe, maybe more in your marketplace. But what I was trying to get the audience and you to understand is regardless of interest rates, regardless of buyer uh, demand being down, regardless of the sort of economic woes of everything we're reading in the news today, inflation being everywhere, political unrest and more, and just regardless of all that, I'm still a fan of home ownership. How about you? I'm still a fan of in the US, 17% of the GDP being all things housing, four and a half to 5% of that is the actual real estate transactions. That's an enormous, enormous addressable market. So as I've said to a few of my clients, as we're getting ready to plan and think big about 2023, I've asked them, are you spending your time thinking about the 72.5% of the transactions that will happen or the 27.8% that are no longer happening? Whatever you focus on, we all know you get more of. Now, with that said, I'm just, I'm, I hope I'm opening up your thinking before we jump into the real serious set of questions we're going to go through today. There's about eight of them. So here's the question I start with, and this is not the first date. After sharing with everybody in this event in Phoenix with you know, all the things that have transpired, the, the question is, are you ready for 2023? Now, of course, a lot of people in a motivated state are gonna say, yes, I'm ready. And then I say, great. So if you answered the eight most important questions that are gonna be your guide, help you unpack everything you need to do and who needs to do it and who's accountable for it in order to make sure to have total certainty around 2023 being a success. And whether that's your best year ever or just the best you can be in this market, either one of those is fine. So, so I guess what I'm really saying to you is, what if this was a different podcast? What if this was you and I sitting together one-on-one -on -one and I said, hey, let's actually roll up our sleeves and let's answer all the questions. Let's do the work. Let's not have this just be, I'm in my car casually listening to Tom Ferry, which I appreciate you doing. And especially those of you, you that occasionally will take a screenshot of that and post it on Instagram and tag me. Keep doing that. I love it. This is one where we got to do the work, right? This is the time where we get to, as I say to the president of my coaching company, this is where we're making the sausage, right? This is where we're putting in all the ingredients and making it all, you know, smack together. So we know we're going to produce a great product called an extraordinary 2023. So with that said, the very first question I want you to answer, number one, what's your three, five, 10 year vision? What's your three, five, 10 year vision? And I want you to go to 10 year first. So it's today, whenever you're listening to this, it's 10 years in the future. And I'm literally asking you to write out where do you rank in your MLS or in your, in your, you know, province, state, city, country, world, where do you rank? Where do you stack up? Right. Then I want to know how many transactions are you doing and what's the volume look like 10 years from now. Now, 
people will say to me all the time, like, well, how, how do I forecast? Should I, should I try and say I'm going to do 20% growth 10 years straight? That sounds great. Or you can just trust your intuition and write a really big number down. So let's just say today you're selling 22 houses. And I say to you, where do you want to be in 10 years? Well, I hope you don't write down, I want to be at 36. I hope that you, you have the capacity to say to yourself, could I get more leverage, improve my skills, create a remarkable brand, generate even more referrals such that I'm helping 200 families or 300 families or 1,000 families? I hope the answer is yes. Now, there's no right or wrong answer. It's your business. See, 20 plus years ago, when I was in a car driving from Orange County, California to San Diego, big shout out to Teresa Jabor. I'm on the phone with my coach and she says to me, congratulations, you started your new business. Now, remember, I'm a brand new business at this point. And she says, Tom, where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in 20 years? What are you building? She was asking me the same question I'm asking you. And of course, I'm in, you know, in the back of this car and I'm taking notes and I got my giant headset on and I'm, my laptop's open and I'm writing all this stuff down. And I remember writing down specifically, I'm gonna have 150 business coaches around the world and I'm gonna have like 5,000 clients and it's gonna be this awesome business and it looks like this and there's revenue of that and there's profit of this and there's all these events. And I was writing down just these sort of details that what I hallucinated, because that's all I could do in that moment, what the business would look like. But remember, like you, I had a frame of reference. I could look at other successful people in my industry and say, she's doing that and he's doing this and he's doing that. And I could then decide how I wanted it to be. No different from the conversation with my stepmom, Pua. Now, here's what's funny. By the time I was, I don't know, 12, 13 years in, we had, you know, 150 coaches. We were in, I don't know, 15 countries. And today, here we are two decades later, 237 business coaches in 31 countries, and we're serving 15,000 clients, right? So the point is, if I know where I'm going, even if I'm making it up, even if I say, I have no idea, but in 10 years, I want it to look like this, the more detailed and specific you get, the more likely you are to make that happen. The more detailed and specific you are, the more likely you are to make that happen. There's a wonderful old um, story about Walt Disney who said, when asked, you know, what do you want to do with this whole theme park versus your, your movie business? He says, I want a place where all the horses jump and there's no chip paint. That for him was enough of a vision. If, if you know the backstory, Walt was with his daughter, went to an amusement park and there was a merry-go-round and not all the horses jumped and there was a bunch of horses with chip paint. And he thought children deserve a better experience. And if you know Walt's story, what did he want to do? He wanted to make children smile. He had this very clear vision. He said, all the horses will jump and there's no chip paint, which is exactly the same but different. If you ever went to Marinello, Italy, and you walk through the Ferrari factory, they're like speed and quality, speed and quality, speed and quality, speed and quality. Two teams building cars side by side every single day, speed and quality. Who gets it done the fastest? With the perfect quality is the whole key. Now you say, well, that's a big contrast. Here's the thing. They knew exactly what they wanted. They knew exactly how many cars they wanted to produce. They knew the kind of records they wanted to break. They set the intention. So what's your 10-year intention? And then I'd ask you, after you jot a couple things down, just a reminder, it needs to be clear and specific. It needs to be measurable. 
Um, there's the wonderful Geico commercial that I referenced and actually played when I was at this event. And if you remember the Geico commercial, I want to say maybe it was like 2015. It, it's the funny little moment where you see this guy, he's in his garage. He clearly grabs what looks like a lamp and he rubs it and poof, the genie comes out. And the genie says, I will grant you one wish. What would you like? And the, the guy kind of under total uncertainty and you know joy was like, I want a million bucks. And the genie smiled and went, fring. And there was a million deer with antlers, bucks, all over the place. He got exactly what he wanted, but he wasn't clear and specific about what he wanted. So I'm challenging you with the first question. What's your business look like in 10 years? Transactions, volume, GCI, profit, number of reviews, satisfied clients, CSAT score, net promoter score, um, impact in the marketplace. Are you the most recognizable? Are you the number one? It's your business. What do you want? And then go five years and three years. Now, the moment you do that, then taking a look at the second question, what do I want to accomplish in 2023? Now, all of a sudden, I have this longer-term perspective. I know where I'm going. What do I need to accomplish this year to have myself be on the path? Now, before you start writing sort of the classic goals again, what I shared with the group and I'm sharing now with you is whether you, uh, you read Measure What Matters, uh, OKRs, you read Traction, Big Rocks, you read The Four Disciplines of Execution, Wildly Important Goals. All of these management methodologies say the same thing. You need to focus on less and put your concentration there. Focus on less, meaning don't have 37 goals, have one, two, or three goals. And if you can narrow it down to one and that one goal becomes the primary focus, even better. You and I probably had this experience before where we say, okay, I want to go develop a bunch of new habits, right? You probably are thinking right now for 2023, there's some new habits I need. Well, would it shock you to hear that the most recent research on forming habits, whether it takes 21 days, which we all know is BS, you know, six months, two years, two months, 67 days, right? Is it a remedial habit or a difficult habit? It takes time. We're all clear on that. Here's what the research says. If I only focus on developing one habit, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes every day. Like as an example, I'm going to do a hundred pushups every day. If you're only focusing on one habit, you have an 85% success rate. So 85% of the time when an individual focuses on just one habit, 85% of the time they develop that habit and it becomes a part of who they are. The second you drop to two, the number drops to 40%. So now I'm trying to do two things. You got a 40% chance of succeeding, a 40% chance of succeeding. And if you go to three, guess what happens? You have a 3% chance of actually developing those habits. Now I might've just talked you out of having three important goals, but because I'm going to give you a management methodology and a way to be around this and be accountable to it, you can have three. So just think about this. I asked this audience, as I asked you, if you could only focus on three things, if you could only put all 365 days of your energy, your concentration, your firepower, your enthusiasm, your passion, your know-how, your knowledge, your skills, your desire to serve clients, if I can only focus on three things, what are the three most important goals for you? Now, what was funny is when I said this, you know, some people wrote down a, a transaction goal, some people wrote down a volume goal, some people wrote down an income goal, and I said, oh, that's great. I said, if I was sitting in your seat, and I had a big ambition to build an extraordinary business over the next 10 years. 
it would be hard for me in this environment to argue against three. Now, you don't have to take my three. I'm just sharing with you what I shared with the audience. I said, my number one goal would be how many listings I take and sell at X price point with Y commission resulting in, you know, X dollars. So how many listings I take, because we know whoever takes the most listings in the marketplace that are priced correctly, marketed correctly, a listing sold can equal two or three more transactions where a buyer sale, right? You got a buyer sale, congrats. It's hard to remarket that buyer sale to get a replicatable, duplicatable number of other additional sales. But a listing, because you can pre-market it, correctly in the right way based on, you know, the rules of your state and everything else. You can do massive mega open houses and bring in a bunch of buyers and potential sellers. You can do pre and post and at marketing that generates more business and whoever takes the listings controls the market, et cetera, et cetera. So I said to the, arg the argument I made is one should be on listings taken, listings sold, right? That number, 22, 75, 300 million, whatever the number is. Then I said the number two thing I would be very mindful of is how do I build this recognizable brand such that people are calling me and saying, please come listen, sell, please come work with me. You know, I know you, I like you, I trust you, but we've never met brand. And what's interesting, so Courtney, I gotta, I gotta show you the stats I read on this. Um, I read this, this article that basically said, today 74% of consumers are making a decision on an individual or an organization based upon the digitization of their reputation, their digital brand. So, so I know I can follow Courtney on Instagram and I can see that she shares all this incredible content on social. So, so if, if one day Courtney said, hey, I'm offering this social training, I can look back over the digitization of her reputation, how many likes, what people are commenting on, the, the information she's putting out, and basically consumers are making a decision 74% of the time based on what they see online. So, so it's really hard to argue against building a stronger brand in your local marketplace today. Now, again, I'll, I'm not going to say it has to all be digital because today, if you want to list more houses, I think you know this, you got to do everything. You got to be everywhere. But that would be my second one. My third one that I challenge the audience with, and again, you're going to have your own. I'm just telling you, I think listings is a really good idea. I think your brand and your reputation on steroids is a really good idea. And the third one for me was leverage leverage because whoever has the most leverage can help the most clients, can do the most transactions and can actually get some time off for themselves as hard and crazy as that sounds in this industry. So leverage, right? Leverage in your marketing, leverage in everything that you do, right? How do I get a lot out of a little or more for less without spending another dime, right? Ephemeralization, like that should be the goal. Now stop for a second, maybe even pause this. What are your three main focuses for next year? What are your three main? If, if I walked inside your office, I'd see these three big goals and you'd be like, this is my obsession. Because I know when I achieve this one, this one, and this one, everything else happens in my business in a great way. That's the power of concentration. That's the power of focus. So if you haven't paused me, pause me and write down your three. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work 
platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. All right, I'm going to assume you're already back. Here's the third question that I asked. And I said, I want you to roll up your sleeves and do the work. So now all of a sudden I'm going to take, for example, I have a goal. I'm making this up just for, you know, fun math. I'm going to take 50 listings that sell at $500,000 or more with my average commission of X resulting in Y volume and GCI just from that. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to work with buyers. It just means I'm going to put my concentration on, I'm going to do 50 listings that sell at this price point and I'm going to be dominant in that space. And of course, you're going to handle a bunch of buyers also, right? But listings are the name of game and that takes more concentration where buyers, I can just buy more leads online as an example. So now question number three is what are the activities required to get that goal? What are the activities required? Like what people, what resources, what time commitments, what marketing, what personal disciplines. So I'm, I'm literally going to stay. Okay. So 50 listings. All right. So, uh, I should get at least five, but ideally 10% of my past clients and centers of influence who know me, like me and trust me to either do a direct listing and, or refer me to somebody else. So that's one. It's just an idea. Next one's going to be, I, I have my geographic farm and it's currently at 4% annual turnover. I am at 30%. I'm at 1%. I'm starting a new farm and I'm going to door knock the entire community four times a year. I'm going to do 12 mega open houses and I'm going to invite everybody. I'm going to, what else? I'm going to sponsor the local school. I'm going to do a podcast with every small business around this community. I'm going to do a book drive for my geographic farm. I'm just making all this stuff up. I'm going to sponsor ice cream 4th of July. You with me? I'm making up a list of every possible thing that I can do. So I'm only have two so far. I want to get some from my database and I want to get some from my farm as an example. Number three, because they're back, I want to get at least 12 listings from expired listings. And I've never worked them before. But I hear that, you know, they tried to sell and it didn't work out. They hired the wrong agent. Now they're going to hire you. They're going to win. Oh, by the way, I'm going to download Carolyn Young's entire listing presentation that I saw at the summit. And I'm going to replicate all of her presentation materials to my brand. So that's going to be a one-off project. I want to get that done. I want to practice my listing presentation and do it so many times that if you called me at three o'clock in the morning and said, go, I could do my presentation because it's, it's now in me, right? It's, it's a part of my DNA. It's not something that I'm reading at someone, right? So that's another ongoing discipline. Um, I'm going to talk to five people I don't know every single day. Uh, I'm going to go to one restaurant a month, right? One restaurant a month for 30 straight days. It's the only restaurant I'm going to go to. And I'm going to get to know everybody inside that restaurant. I'm going to go to Starbucks every day from, you know, six, 30 in the morning till 7.30 in the morning and I'm going to plan my day. I'm going to text some people. But what I want to be is I want to be seen in the local coffee shop, getting to know everybody. I'm going to be social. I'm going to be the mayor. I'm making all this stuff up, my friends. There's an unlimited number of ways. I'm going to do, you know, 200 personalized yikes mailers, right? To every opportunity where there is no home for sale, but I've got a buyer because I want to get the listing, on and on and on and on. I'm going to list everything out. Then I'm going to go to brand. 
Then I'm gonna go to leverage and I'm gonna list out every possible idea that I believe from my experience, looking online, my own personal experience, talking to other people that have done it, modeling other people that are successful that have done it. You know, is it direct mail? Is it email going out? Is it this, is it this? I'm gonna stack everything up, but then I'm gonna prioritize. Once I have the entire list, I'm gonna prioritize. What are the five to seven projects I can get done? So I go from 10 year vision to this year, the next, you know, call it 18 months, 18 months, sorry, 12 months of 2023. Here's my three most important focuses. And under the one that says listing, I'm gonna write out every possible thing I can do, as many ideas as I can, then I'm gonna prioritize based upon this question. Which one has the highest probability of getting to the goal? Did you write that question down? Which one has the highest probability of getting to the goal? So I'm looking at two ideas and I'm like, do I start a podcast or do I call my past clients in Sphere and have intelligent conversations? I'm calling my Sphere because it has the highest probability. Am I going to start my geographic farm and become the hyper-local expert based upon the data of where I've sold homes or where there's great turnover or the combination of the two? Or am I going to call expired listings? Well, Expired short-term have a higher probability. Long-term, hmm, farming has the best. So I'm gonna go expireds. But then I might go farming against another one and farming makes the list. And now all of a sudden I've got five to seven projects that I believe have the highest probability of helping me achieve my goal. And then I start with brand. And then I go to leverage. And now all of a sudden I've got my three most important goals and I've got five to seven things with maybe 15 or 20 backup considerations, backup ideas that can help me get my goal. And now all of a sudden, like, I'm kind of formulating how the sausage is going to be made, right? And I'm going to have three sausages, sort of metaphorically, if you remember how I started this, right? The sausage making of, I want to take this many listings, building my extraordinary brand, and getting more leverage. Now, I would argue it is worthwhile to spend several hours on each one of these even sharing it with your coach, with your mentor, with your mastermind group, looking for additional ways that maybe you might have a blind spot on or something that you've done in the past that really was effective and you stopped doing it and maybe going back to it again in a modern way could be the way that you generate even more. And by the way, when you get to the brand one, some of the brand, which is you know video, it's face, it's voice, it's smile, it's how you show up in the world online and offline, all of that, some of that's gonna get you listings also. So they may be blending over between your listing goal and your brand goal, and that's okay. Same thing with leverage. You might decide under leverage, hey, one of the things I'm gonna do is I'm gonna outsource all my long-term nurturing to this company because they do it better than me. They do it more consistent than me with their texts and their voicemails and their emails and their videos and everything else, right? Calling, et cetera. And I might do that as an example. So you're going to see some, some crossover between the three and that's okay. But again, most important is you got three big goals you're trying to go after, three things you're committing to. So now when you're at a Tom Ferry seminar or you're at your national convention, you're listening through the filter of, is this going to get me more listings? Is this going to help me build my brand? Is this going to get me more leverage? Now, everywhere you show up, you're focusing on those three most important goals versus just, okay, what's next? What's new? I'm excited. I always like new ideas that I never actually finish. You with me? Not sure if I'm actually talking to you, but Maybe you know someone like that. So let's go to question number four. Then I asked the question, who's accountable for getting each one of these done? 
who's accountable for getting this done? So um, for my team that's here, imagine for the solo practitioner, Kelsey, that doesn't have someone that does what you do at your level, doesn't have Brandon, doesn't have Courtney, right? And all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness. I say, put your initials next to all those five to seven under those three most important goals. And it looked like this, TF, 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 TF. And most of the audience was like, shizzle. I got to do it all. Which then I go back to that leverage point, right? Who can you outsource to? Is it time for you to look at a virtual assistant? But Tom, the market's shaky and I'm uncertain. Hey, when the market's shaky and uncertain and you have a really solid plan that is going to generate you the revenue and the profits that you want, which is what we're building right now, you can afford to say, let me go buy 10 hours a week of this virtual assistant who's going to give me some time back so I can do the highest and best. Going to give me the time back so I can do the highest and best. And then I told the audience, I said, listen, make no bones. Um, college kids need summer internships. And if you weren't running ads in your local call, like, hey, learn to make $100,000 a year selling homes and you leverage some college kids that want to have something on their resume, giving them more insight on how to become better, et cetera, like that's a good idea, right? The point is, don't blame resources, be resourceful. That's the whole game. So let's go to question number five. Question number five I brought up earlier is, what's the one behavior that I need to add that's going to help me get there? What's the one behavior? And I really got the audience because remember I said, you know, if you do one, 85% success, you do two, it's 40%. So you got a 40% chance of actually adding it. And if you go to three, you basically might as well not try and do anything. And I bet you know this from your own experience. So what's the one behavior I need to add? So Courtney, here's what I'm thinking about. If I got a year and, and let's say it takes me 60 days to develop a new habit. So I say, all right, well, the first two months of the year, I'm going to walk every day for 30 minutes. And I know by getting outside, getting some fresh air, oxygenating my brain, getting some steps in, I'm going to feel better. When I feel better, I perform better. When I perform better, everything is better in my life. So I'm going to do that first. And then starting in March, my new one might be the discipline of four follow-up conversations every day. I'm going to follow up on four people every day because what do we know? In the, in the world of real estate, here's how it works, ready? 35% of every transaction you do, you generated that client in under 90 days, right? So you and Miles walk in my open house and 90 days later, I got you under contract buying your, your new home, as an example. That's very typical. But 65%, 65% is the long-term nurture following up after five months, seven months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months, two years, three years, four years, five years. So what I got the audience to understand just on this point was that they may be making $80,000 a year selling houses or $80,000 a month selling houses. The odds are the vast majority is just from people that they met that wanted to do something in under 90 days or less because it's all they have the capacity for. So I said, how much money are you leaving on the table because you're not doing the long-term nurture, recognizing that it just takes time for people to make that decision. So for example, maybe it's that. And then the next two months, it's another one. And the next two months, it's another one. And my goodness, if you finish the year with five, six new behaviors, you against you, you becoming the best you you could be, that's bananas. But the cardinal sin, the cardinal sin is you to say, I'm going to do these five new habits starting in January. When was the last time that worked? For me, the answer would be never. 
right? It never works, right? Instead, it's what's the one new thing I'm going to add in. And for me, typically it comes down to what time I wake up in the morning. And now I think a lot more about like what time I go to bed at night. And because this beautiful little aura ring, Brandon, I get a, a bing at 8.30 that says, it's time for you to start getting ready for bed. I'm like, it's 8.30. But what it knows is I perform at my highest optimum at about seven and a half hours of sleep. So it knows that, hey, I, I need to remind Tom to go to bed earlier. That's mine. What's yours? What's the habit you need to take on? The one habit that you can crush. And if you screw up one day, don't worry about it. Just get back to it right? Is it cutting out carbs? Is it cutting out alcohol? Is it the discipline of working out? Is it just calling five people in your database every single day? What's your one habit? Then question number six, being mindful of time, because I know I'm going a lot with you. Then I ask this question, what new skills do you need to add? What new skills do you need to add in order to help you hit those three goals? So on leverage, it might be thoughtful delegation with good follow-up. Not delegation, I gave this to Kelsey, didn't give her clear directions and just expected her to produce something brilliant, which she would do. She's nodding yes. But instead, like I wanna say, hey Kelsey, I really need this by this time frame. Is that realistic with your current workload? And my outcome is it has this look in this feel with the other things we've done with these two new features. And now Kelsey can go, okay, let me go create that piece of content, right? So I wanna have that with follow-up as an example under leverage, where maybe under brand, my new skill is I gotta get better grabbing the camera and having a conversation. So I'm gonna go download the new KCM app, which gives me the script and I can just read, cause I can read and start producing at least one killer piece of content every single week and that's gonna help my brand. And then, hey, under that listing attraction thing, I think the most important skill I need to work on is gonna be the segue between you agreed, you want my marketing, now let's talk price. Now let's talk price. So I wanna make that segue into pricing really powerful. The same level of energy, the same surprise and delight. Oh my goodness, you do so much when you, you're through your marketing presentation and the seller actually says, how much is this gonna cost, right? Because it's so overwhelmingly sophisticated and beautiful that the seller is like, wow. And then make that same transition as you go into pricing, as an example. Maybe it's the, but it's your goals. It's your three things you have to decide but we are always and forever in a skills market. Always and forever. What's the biggest gap for you? Is it in negotiation? Is it in booking appointments? Is it in the transition between marketing and pricing? I don't know, you know, but you've got to close the gap with your skills. Number seven, how will you measure? How will you measure the results? Now, as you're constructing your plan for 2023, if you said, I wanna have 50 listings sold, it would just make sense that there's a, a wall board behind you that says, I need to go on, I'm making this up, 75 listing appointments to have 50 listed at the right price with the right terms, with the right type of clientele, people I'm inspired to work with. So I've got one that's gonna say, I'm gonna track the number of listing appointments, the other one, is gonna, you know, here's my number of listings taken, right? Listing taken, listing sold, you get to decide. But see, if you're not tracking and measuring that, it's all just a guessing game. You know, you know what happens to people that don't track and measure? Um, there's a wonderful line, I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, I got my team here. Uh, Mark Andreessen, who co-founded Netscape, which we would now refer to as sort of the modern beginning of the, you know, internet, right? Um, he made this statement. He said, every founder of a company only has two emotions every day, euphoria and terror. 
right? So you're either like this, oh my God, it's working, or ah, the whole world's falling apart. I believe, I know that when I track and measure and I know what's going on, I have more euphoria and less terror. Even when the data isn't good, at least I know the data. Hey, we're down on leads, we're down on appointments. Yeah, that's a little moment of terror, but then I can do something about it. Go meet with the team. Let's figure out what we can do. What, what's the next making of the sauces that we need to improve on to get the numbers back up? Do we need to spend more money? Do we need to change the ads? See, when, when you know the numbers, you can make good decisions, but it's like saying, Tom, I'm not comfortable tracking the numbers and I'm not comfortable and it's just not a habit that I have. Then make that your habit. Starting in January, the diligence of inside an Excel spreadsheet, on a wall, on a yellow notepad, with an abacus, I don't care. Track everything. If it, ma if it matters, you got to measure it. And what do we know? Pearson's Law. When performance is measured, performance improves. Period. End of story. When performance is measured and you increase the accountability around it, as in you meet and you share it with somebody else, the growth becomes geometric. All of a sudden, it's the compound effect. It's the tiny little pebble at the top of the mountain that by the time it gets to the bottom is this avalanche. That's what happens when you begin tracking and measuring how many conversations did I have? How many leads did I generate? How many appointments did we book? How many appointments said yes? How many appointments said no? How many listings we took actually sold? And at what price? So how close was I? How many buyer consultations we have? How many of those buyers actually wrote an offer with us? How many of them actually closed? Now all of a sudden I've got at least these nine numbers, but you can even go even deeper and say, I'm advertising this much on Google right now. My CAC, my cost to acquire a client CAC. My cost to acquire a client is down to $750, which is infinitely better than a referral fee I might pay at 25 or 35%. How do I do more of that? How many leads are we getting? It's See, this whole thing is a math equation. See, I don't like uncertainty. I like math. And even though I wasn't the best student, I know that when I spend a dollar on this, if I make five more dollars, I know it because I track and measure. So you need to get clear on what it is you're committed to track and measure that's going to give you the best chance for success. See, wouldn't it be great to know that every 62 people you talk to, you sell a house? Wouldn't it also be great to know that it was 262? 262, and then you could say, well, now how do I get that down to 250, 240, 230, 212, 210, one, you know, 127? You can't do that unless you're willing to track and measure the leading and lagging indicators. Leading is the stuff that I do, the cause. The effect is the appointment, is the signed contract, is the closing. You gotta be tracking them both, my friend. All right, last one, number eight. I want you to go deep on this one. How often will you meet and discuss the numbers as it relates to your goals? How often will you meet and discuss the numbers as it relates to your goals? Now, I'm a big fan of a cadence of once a week once a week. So if you're running a big company like mine, it could be department by department. It could be division by division. It could be project by project. But if we're meeting and talking about it once a week, then we don't get too far off track. It's like if you, you know, I'll get on a plane, I'll go from LA to New York, right? Well, if I land in Miami, something went wrong, right? But you know that an airplane is off course about 85% of the time because they're doing this. If, you, if you're watching, you know what I'm doing with my hand. If you're listening, you can just imagine that they're cutting right, cutting left, cutting right, cutting left, cutting right, cutting left, land at JFK. So they're off course most of the time, but they're constantly counter move, counter move, counter move, get back on track, get back on track. That's the power of the cadence of a weekly conversation. So who should be in that meeting? Your coach? right? Your sales manager, your ops leader, your marketing person. Tom, I'm a solo agent. You and your coach. Tom, I don't have a coach. 
You? Hello. The meeting has started. Who is here? I am. So am I. Okay, the two of us are here. If you're a Gemini, that's totally awesome. If you're not, it's kind of hard to do it with yourself. So you got to get an ally, a buddy, an accountability partner, a mastermind partner. Look to the person to your right or left inside the office and say, hey, I'm starting this new habit of tracking and measuring my numbers and looking at them every week as it relates to my one-year goal to have this many listings. Can I have that meeting with you? You've got to put it in place because the moment you add the accountability, it gets real sticky real fast. So I don't know how long I've been going, but I went through two days in a workshop and that's all we worked on. It was the answers to each one of those questions. And what I saw in the eyes of my students during that workshop was this feeling of certainty. Now, yeah, there was like, oh, there's some work required. Oh, I'm going to have to go deeper on this one. Hey, I need to explore that more with my coach or with my manager, et cetera. But here's what I know. We are in uncertain times, my friends. We don't, we don't have any control of interest rates, the inflation, the overall economy. So what do we have control of? We have control of answering those eight questions and doing the work. You have control of answering those questions and doing the work. It's your business, your business and yours alone. So my challenge for you is to answer the eight questions, reimagine what your workspace looks like, where you're tracking and measuring and paying attention to the things that matter most, and you're organizing your life and your business around your schedule, what has to happen, by when, how, how much, how often, and you know what happens? I say just like that, but it is just like that. You'll, you'll look back on December 31st at the end of next year and you'll go, wow, I got like 82% of this goal, I got 75% of that goal, and I got you know 19% of that goal. And regardless of market conditions, I have one of my best years ever. Regardless of the uncertainty in the market, I outperform the market. Why? Power of focus. Three goals. Developing the habits and the skills, tracking and measuring, knowing all the things I had to do. Everything that we went through here, you do that. You're going to win, and you're going to get one step closer to that 10-year goal which I can't wait to hear more about. All right, so as I wrap, who do you know that needs to hear this message? Do you have a friend or two in your office or a friend or two in the business around the world that if you sent them this message, they would be like, whoa, that was heavy. Hey, maybe you and I should be accountability partners. Maybe you and I should do this, even though it's over Zoom because we're in different states or different provinces, doesn't make a difference. I would encourage you to get this message out to more and more people, right? I'm committed to one thing, you crushing next year, regardless of what's going on. So answer the questions, enroll the people around you that you know, like, and trust that you love that are in this business, and let's work on it together. We can always go further and faster and farther together than we can as a single individual. You know it, and I know it. All right. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe and hit the notification button if you're on YouTube and all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Not guys, I'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.